Hello, welcome to Discover Energy Work. Uh, well, I'm back again, and as usual, I've got a wonderful guest with me. And today, I really kind of think it's it's an auspicious guest for me. And I don't know why, I'm just pulling that out of the air. You know, I think, you know, us esoteric types, we tend to be dramatic sometimes, perhaps. But um, Lauren contacted me, or in fact, I think she, she posted on um, Facebook about something, and I thought, I really think this would be a great person to have on the podcast. So Lauren Wingate, welcome to Discover Energy Work. Thank you so much for inviting me to be your guest, Richard. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, well, uh, I don't, I mean, I think I know what you do because I think you're in the energetic, spiritual field, whatever whatever that is, yeah, because it's so large. Um, could you want to, how do you normally introduce yourself to people? Well, I have given myself the title of intuitive success mentor. And that's kind of um, an unusual title to give oneself. However, that really is what I do. Um, I have been called to help business people, which was kind of surprising to me. This happened over the last six months or so, uh, because there's so much stress in the world, given what's happened in the last few years. Um, I, I can go pretty deep with energy work, and I'm being called a bridge the depth of that and and the healing powers of that to kind of mainstream and and more high-powered business people who then are going to be able to radiate that down through the ranks and if that makes sense so um it's kind of a tall order because some people look at the work that i do uh as i'm sure with some of your other guests that um this is woo woo and it's really not, it's not woo woo. I mean, we know that um, the shift of energy, the power of energy in the universe, within our own energy field, within our own bodies is um, pretty profound. So I've kind of put the edict out there and, and that's what I do. Um, that's right. what I currently do. Uh, I also work with animals and their people because the, the, as I dial into people, it's I meet the animals in an energy field. I meet the people in an energy field. And I also, I'm kind of a bridge. I'm a conduit, I call myself. And I bridge yeah. uh, people with their animals, more specifically um, people and their horses. Horses are very spiritual beings. Uh, so uh, to be able to give them a voice, because I can understand, I mean, I go to where they live, which is a, an energetic place, and I'm able to pull the information from them and share that. So that's what I do now. Um, but I can share my story, how this whole thing started. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I always, I think, you know, my comment to that would be like, it, it's so interesting. I, I feel like there's so many different ways of positioning ourselves to say it's woo-woo and it's okay. Like it's not woo-woo, which is also true. It really isn't. Um, uh, you know, there's been so much scientific work in so many areas of it, but like, it's just so undiscovered. It's such a mystery. Um, it's so fascinating. Um, and, and um, oh, um, immensely powerful. I mean, 
I always say to people like, well, I was writing, I'm writing a book at the moment, uh, you know, again. And I said, the um, military in the States used remote viewing. They trained a load of people. These people are now training. They're getting visits from big companies. I won't mention any names, but the biggest companies in the world and saying, we'd like to know the future. We'd like to move. And, and they're employing um, these people for, for training and training up their own teams. So, you know, if you've got these multi-million billion dollar companies using it, it can't be that woo-woo. But then again, it's it's oversimplifying to um, say that everything is not woo-woo because I'm sure there's people that are doing things which really probably are a little bit more more based on the ritual and and fingers crossed and hope so, you know. Um, but it's just such a broad field, isn't it? Um, Truly. And I also I also feel like you know um, energy work in business. I mean, everything's energy and energy work in business is totally, totally appropriate. Um, and in the same way that the, the top people in the world in, in all walks of life, they're having themselves massaged in the most spiritual places in the world, the spas, the yoga retreats and so on. And they're getting it from there as well. So there's a certain amount, probably this, there's a greater receptiveness at the higher levels of companies than there is at the lower levels where there's less uh, connection with the, uh, that release and the relaxation in these deep spiritual places. So yeah, I think you've really got an interesting point, but you're right. I am really, really interested in somebody like you. Uh, and I don't know how long you've been you know, in this area, but somebody like you, um, how did it start? Because anybody that for me, stands up and says I want to be counted as a intuitive success coach is already like as far as society is going it's already a little bit woo -woo, you know and I'm like I find that so uh so brave and I want to support people um that when they stand up you know they they feel yeah you know I'm I'm with that person I'm I'm part of that tribe correct so where did it start Right. And I, I really appreciate uh, the words you just shared, because in, in my field, I've had to walk through a lot of fear to just say, hey, this is who I am, because I was a soccer mom. And it's like soccer mom, right? So there's sort of a, a stigma attached to that, if you will. But let I'll start from the beginning. Um, and this was so funny, really funny part, a funny way to start my story. I was about 13 years old. I was staying home sick one day from school. We had a fairly decent sized backyard. There was fence. I could see the neighbor's trees up over the fence. Fence was probably about six, seven feet high. And I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I went outside and I stood on our picnic table and I put my arms up and I said, God, I want to fly. And I jumped off the picnic table and landed on the ground. And then I opened my eyes and what I saw was completely from a different dimension, though I didn't know at the time what that was given my age. And I saw a black puma 
which is um, like a jaguar in, in Latin America. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. saw a cougar, which is a North American big cat, though they're related, come flying up over the fence in the neighbor's yard across and landing in the other neighbor's yard. And I mean, as, as clearly as I'm seeing <laughs> you, as, oh and, and I just stood there like, what? And I didn't, I couldn't explain it to myself. There was no way. Um, but something told me to keep it to myself. I never shared that story. And it wasn't until I was in my late thirties that all of this started coming through. And I had gone to this retreat. This is kind of a, I, I like to share the funny parts of this story. So I'd gone to this retreat and we were sitting in this conference room and sitting in a big circle and doing all this and that. And okay, at lunchtime, your exercise is to go find something that you represent who you are. Oh, okay. So we all go off. And this was kind of in a large shopping area, this hotel where we were. And people came back. Oh, I'm a wind chime. I'm this, I'm that. the back door. And I was drawn into a McDonald's hamburger place. I was like, okay. So I go into McDonald's and I'm standing there looking around. I don't eat McDonald's. And I, I was standing there looking around and I, I was pulled over to the straw dispenser. And I'm sure this is worldwide. The McDonald's straw is white with a yellow and red stripe on it. Right. Yep. And so just an extruded piece of plastic. So I went back and I, I was so excited. So we go and we sit in our circle and people are sharing these very spiritual things. And I sat there and I held up my straw and I said, I'm a McDonald's straw. And of course, people looked at me like I had three heads. And I said, I'm a conduit. And this represents who I am. So when I work with my clients and I tell them the best thing I can do is get out of the way because the guides come through me and I'm just this. And it keeps me humble, the simplicity of being an extruded piece of plastic and having this powerful information come through me, a McDonald's straw. I, I mean, it was so poetic. Okay, moving forward. So, so that was the, like after the Puma, that was the first time that you were getting back into this spiritual thing, was it? It really was. Now, having, and, and I'm sure many of your guests will share this. I was, both my parents, you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. And so, you know, I held that in my subconscious mind and walked forward in life being quote unquote too sensitive. And I was, um, and now I've learned the real power behind that. And I'm, I'll stand up proudly and say, yeah, I'm really sensitive. Uh, beyond this three-dimensional world is how sensitive I am. And, and, you know, we're in a time now where many more people are starting to embrace that. And I'm, I'm uh, thrilled to be a part of that wave, if you will. So, um, yes, I, I went to a party where there were some spiritual people. This is, again, in my 30s. And there was um, this man that a friend of mine was dating, and I'd never met him. I never do this. This is another 
through the back door. And I, I want to share this because your listeners, there's so many things that come through the back door that you might not understand in the moment. And then later it will make sense. Yeah. So I went up to him and I thought his name was Guy, G-Y. And I, I, I put both my hands out, which I never do to grab his hands. And I looked him in the eye and I said, you must be Guy. And he held my hands and he got this Cheshire grin on his face and said, so what's the deal with your hands? And I said, what? He said, you have a lot of energy coming through your hands and it's, and it's healing energy for other people. And I, I thought, okay, so there was one marker. Around that same time, I had my um, lovely gift from God, my baby. And I'm standing in the kitchen, rocking him back and forth. He's about four months old. And I, I get a message from God. So at that point, I was starting to get messages. And I knew the difference between my God messages and any other message that might come through. The God messages are like big time. And I pay very close attention. It's hard not to. And I'm rocking my baby and I get this message. Your son will be a man of God. I thought, okay. And just segue into that a little bit. Um, I would take him to church. I, I, not so much a Christian church, but to get the spirit because I was very drawn to it. And I would take him to this quote unquote church. This was in Carmel, California, where I lived with my son. And one day he comes to me, he's about 10 years old. He says, mommy, I do not believe in God and I do not want to go to church. And of course, this message is coming back. And I said, okay, I need to think about that. So I did. I thought about it for a few days. I opened myself to receive. And what I concluded was one, you can't force someone to have a relationship with God. I don't care how old they are. You, that's a path you find on your own. And secondly, well, maybe this child was brought to me, this spirit, because I would pay attention and not force something and let him find his own path of, of free will in essence. And so I, came back to him and said, okay, you don't have to go. So then he was a junior in college, October of his junior year, his third year of college. And I get a call one night, mom. Yeah. And I could, there was this unease in his voice. And he said, God has called me to serve. And I, in my mind, I was like, there it is. He's now a pastor. Mm. So, you know, these messages come through the back door. So that was one. I've part got of a, I'm curious. I've got a question. And I think a lot of people are going to have this question because you said, you know, the difference between your thoughts and like when God speaks to you. And can you go into that a bit? Is it like the, the power of the message? Like, do you feel like your whole body's moved by it or, or 
do you feel like it's a different tone? Um, do you feel it's like a knowing? How does that feel? So what's, that's a great question. Um, I find this interesting. I don't feel a, a, like a, a big vibration coming through my body at all. It is, as you suggested, just this knowing, and it's this really powerful voice um, as there's nothing elusive about it. There's nothing sort of out there. And would you kind of, oh, well, is that the message? Um, what am I supposed to get from this? It's like you and I having a conversation, you and me having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's just that basic. Um, it's more powerful than a thought I might have in my mind. It, it clears everything out of the way and it's just like, boom, here it is. But again, physically, I don't feel a shift. Now, when I connect with angels I, and, and other spirits or guides, my body will shake at times. There's a big angelic realm um, that has shown up in a, in a much larger way on our planet. And I'm, I'm being uh, affected by that uh, in a very positive way. There's nothing negative about it. So that's a really good question, but the God messages are incredibly clear and it, it's almost like the parting of the Red Seas. It's like, boom, right there. I can totally nothing else matters. I can totally relate to that. And thank you for explaining it because, uh, you know, I think, I think sometimes people ignore this knowing that comes. It's just a knowing. I just know that, yeah? Um, yeah. And there's no what you know psychologists call cognitive process. There's no logic. You just know, yeah? You just know. Um, and, and, and it's, it's not to be a strong voice. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And, okay, I mean, I'm, I could almost go, so wait a minute, we're, we're, you've gone from, like, having a cougar and a, um, a puma, you know, jump across the lawn when you're nine years old to, to then doing these spiritual development classes. Yeah. So I, as I said, I was, I was in my late thirties where I really started opening myself to this. So uh, during that time, well, so my son was three years old at this point, jumping forward a few years. And this is, uh, we'll, we'll, I know your audience will find this story very fascinating at, at least. Um, and my husband, who was working really hard, we needed a vacation. So we had a timeshare, so, which allowed us to go anywhere in the world. And um, he loved to play golf. And I thought, okay, I got to find a golf resort. So I'm looking and here's this place. We were from California. Here's this place in Sedona. I've never heard of Sedona. I'm oh, sorry wow. to say at that point, at that point. Okay. However, I kept having these meditations of seeing my reflection in these giant red rocks in, in this small pond. And I would, was also having these meditations, you know, these visions come through me when I'm working with other people along with just myself of, of these white rocks with this green vegetation and this cliff. And in front of the cliff was a river. And uh, there was, um, this is very Native American based. And there was a man that I was in love with. It's like a way, way long ago past life. And he stood, 
I kept getting this same meditation. Um, he stood on this black circle. It was like the black circle of death. And, and my reaction to that um, as the woman, his love interest um, was just such sadness. Um, and, and then he was pushed off the cliff and died. So, okay. Kept having that meditation. Right, you've got, to be thinking, you've got to be thinking this is kind of weird, but not tell anybody about this. No, not telling anybody. A lot of things that have happened in my life at that point, especially wasn't telling anyone. And so we go off on this vacation, the three of us. We land in Phoenix. We take the car ride two hours to get to Sedona. And very, very close to my son. And... Um, I'm sorry if you hear that bird, when the energy rises, the bird starts going, whoa, riding along with it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, going to the red rocks and all of a sudden my, my little boy and I start going at it. It was the weirdest thing. Even my husband, who is not, you know, spiritually based, like I was, um, was like, it's like you two are at war with each other. And, and I was, this is, so we said, okay, let's pull over. Let's kind of clear the air. It, it was the oddest thing. It was just the oddest thing. So yep. we get to Sedona and they had screwed up our, there are a couple of different resorts there. They had screwed up our reservation and sent us to this different place. And I was trying to, Hey, we didn't know we were supposed to go here. Well, you're going here. Okay, fine. I'm going to try to speed this up. So Saturday night, we're there, I don't know, Saturday morning, Saturday night. Oh, there's going to be a Native American chief who's going to speak. And we thought, well, that should be interesting. Let's let's go see what this guy has to say. Not even thinking about my meditations. So his name is Ted Kills in the Fog. And he gets up there and there are a bunch of people in the room and he's starting to share and, and uh, the community of how villages were at one point. He, he says each person in the village had a job. So he looks at one guy, you were this. He looks at me and he says, oh, and, and you were a healer. And, and it, would, it, it came through your hands. And I was just like, because oh. it was like two weeks before that, the, this man named Guy said, so what is it about your hands? And I was like, okay, I'm waking up, right? right. So we talked to him after. I was so drawn into what he was saying. And I, I was like, why am I so comfortable with this man? What's going on? He just kept looking at me, almost through me. The next, he said, let me take you someplace. So the next day, the three of us and Ted kills in the fog, jump into his van and he starts driving us out of Sedona into this area where the vegetation is now having, there's green vegetation and well, of course it's green and, and the white rocks and the, and I'm starting to see this. And, and it was like, Hey, so at one point on this journey, which is about 45 minutes, I said, Oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be sick. We have to pull over. And we, I got out and I just started heaving. I wasn't throwing up, but I was having like dry heaves and, and it, it was, mm. it, it was beyond physical. It was something mm. beyond that. And, and I looked at Ted and I said, what is wrong? And I'm crying. He said, this is where the massacre took place. Mm. Okay. 
So we go to the place that he wanted to take us. We get out of the vehicle and it's, it's like a state park or something. And there are the white cliffs and there's the river. And I look at Ted and he just looked at me and he said, I've been waiting for you. I mean, the shivers. And I, I was dumbfounded mm. and I started crying. I said, it was you? And he said, yes. Oh and, and so he said, do you want to know what your name was? And I looked at him and, and I, I just started kind of tuning in. And I said, is it something about the river? He said, your name was River Wind. And there we were at the river, right? So trip goes on. Um, I'm narrowing this down quite a bit. We get back home. I'm still meditating. And, and now my meditations, I'm starting to see like these little lights, almost like fireflies, if you will, but a little bigger than that, coming up out of the earth and through me to go up. I can't explain that, Richard. I, to this day, I can't explain it. But I do know this. I didn't like it. I didn't want spirits coming up and going through me. Maybe it had something to do with the massacre. I don't know. But I didn't want it. And I asked it to be taken away. And it was. So I share that part of my story because we do have control over this. If there are things that start to come through us and pay attention to the back door, but pay attention to whatever visions you're getting in your meditations, et cetera, mm -hmm. you don't have to have these things. We have control over whether or not we want these things to happen, whose energy we want over here. I mean, we, can, we have a lot more control, I think, than most people think we do. Okay, so fast forward to, um, let's see, I'm, uh, well, I started um, tuning into people more and more, and I turned it into a business. And my first business, I woke up one night, it was like 2 a.m. I was like, oh my gosh, the name of my business came through to me, and it was called Voyage Within. It's like, oh, that's perfect for what I do, Voyage Within. Mm. And, and I just started working with people. So going back to me just being a McDonald's straw and all these other things, I haven't explained them all to you. I'm just highlighting stories that I um, am able to tune into people um, and see the blocks and see the things beyond the conscious mind, things on the surface that are ready to come up and out. Right. So I love that because how do I take this gift that is so very powerful, which I kept way over here for a long time, because how could I turn that into a business and charge people for this amazing gift that just comes through me. So I fought that for a really long time. And I had some very spiritual people come to me and say, one, one man in particular, I have a tremendous amount of respect for, um, I'm, I've lost touch with him, but I mean, he was like that far from being enlightened. I, he probably is by now. He was just like up there. And he just looked at me one day and he said, you're not sure 
because I, I had done some work with him. He said, you're not sure where to take this. He loved the work I did with him, but he said, you haven't defined that for yourself. And he said, and you can't help other people if you don't uh, have a monetary attachment to it, because that is your stepping stone to help even more people. So that gave me that sense of peace that, oh, okay, you know, that conflict is solved. Now let's move forward with this. And um, then I started working with people worldwide. The first person I worked with on the other side of the planet was someone in India. And I was really worried because I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to tune into this person. I have no idea. They're over there, right? And so (laughs) right, that 3D mind started, you know, kicking in and going into this place of fear. I get on the phone. Well, with I think I think we gaslight ourselves a lot when we're going through this process because you know you know what I mean. My gaslighting is like no, that's that's not possible. That's crazy um, because other people gaslight us a lot. You know, and and that is correct. Our, um, our intuition. Um, so um, yeah, it, it it's it's tricky. I mean, I feel I feel for you because it sounds like like in a way you've been a lot. Um, teaching yourself and learning it on your own, and um, yeah, and so what, what happened? You, you you were nervous about it, and then you got online, and yeah, so I get on the phone, and 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 I mean, it was just like I could tune in immediately, and that's what I often share with people: energy knows no bounds. Yeah, it just. It doesn't matter where you are, right? Doesn't matter. Like I, I before we started our interview today, um, I was tuning into you, and I'm very comfortable with that now. And I can feel where where you are. I, and I don't do this. I want to make this clear. Also, I don't do this unless I'm invited. I might ask for permission because something might start coming to me. And I and I I have really huge integrity around this. It's none of my damn business. What's help them? So even if I'm working with an animal or a person, it doesn't matter. I always ask for permission. Let's take it back to the straw. I, I, the the gift I have is very powerful, but I stay very humble in it. I love I love that that you said that. I I feel that it's also. It's it's kind of um, outside of our of most people's understanding, um, if you know what I mean. I'm just having this thought now. Like, like we are automatically we are connected with everything anyway. We are mm-hmm. automatically connected with people that we're going to see. Like it's it's they're coming in all the information. <laughs> we're going to see them, so we're getting stuff. Um, yeah. uh, that 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 for me now. If I then decide to put my spoon in and start spooning into their stuff that's for me you know what I mean that's kind of different that's kind of like oh that's a that's going across a boundary but like to a certain extent like the energy you know you know what I mean it kind of comes naturally um and then some people have energy fields which will be quite defensive and quite you know uh upset if energy goes you know 
people going to them energetically. Do, do you know what I mean? Or is that not your experience? Uh, certainly with all the people that I've worked with, I have folks that are resistant, even though they want me to, that are resistant because they have fear. So, you know, you have yeah. this wall of fear. Yeah. Um, when I work with people, I, it's, I'm, I am strictly in a place of heart. There's mm. absolutely no judgment. You can't be in judgment when you're in your heart wearing mm. my heart necklace, which you can't see. But you, <laughs> I can, I can. You can, you can. No one else can. Um, yeah, it's going on and, YouTube. They'll see it. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, did yeah. not know that. That's okay. So, um, it's people are very concerned about being judged. Oh, you're going to tune into me, and and there's almost this fear, and and so again, through the back door, your energy field is checking in with mine. We all do that. Let's, let's use an example. So let's say we're sitting in a room and a person comes in that's like a CEO or just wields this, this power. They might be in a pair of casual slacks and a shirt or a woman and what doesn't matter. You feel the power of that. Everyone does. You might not even know who this person is, but they come in and, and they're people feel the energy of the power that they wield without question mm. versus somebody who comes in that is just maybe they're doing um, a job. I, I don't want to cast dispersions, but let's, let's just say they're sort of a low level starting out accountant person or something like that. It, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what they do, but their, their energy field is very low and they're used to taking orders from other people, right? And they come into the room and you probably don't even notice, you see? So I'm using these two extreme examples because we can all relate to that. We can all relate to the the um, energy field of someone who has learned how to make it much bigger and affect those around them versus someone who, like I was as a kid, keep it really small, stay super sensitive, let other people's energy field come at me and, you know, let it just come in and, and not um, have my own power base. So I use that as an example because, again, we can all relate to that. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I think I think one thing that that certainly does concern people is psychically everything is accessible, and one of the difficulties, you know, when you developing is learning to be non-judgmental. Like you're going to see whatever you see, and it's just okay. That's the thing. Like if we're looking at across times and lives and hundreds and thousands of lives there ain't anything new there ain't anything new there isn't There's anything nothing new. new i agree um, i agree and, and some of the things you've done that you're not very proud of a part of some kind of contract or deal that you you know it, it's going back such a long time and there's just a different perspective and not everybody's got that. I do. I do see that not everybody sees it like that. But you know, um, I think um, you know we're talking about church. We're talking about uh, Jesus. If we talk about church, we talk about Jesus. And uh, 
it's this wonderful forgiveness energy, which I think is so beautiful. That's right in the center. And what was what was what you were saying about like um, um, I forget exactly what you're saying, but it was reminding me of the fact that we have problems because we're not ready to see them. We're not ready to look at the places, and we need somebody else to go. But I can see it. I mean, let me see it for you. Let me introduce it for you sh- slowly, gently, in such a way that you're going to be. Um, compassionate to yourself and self-understanding. And then, believe it or not, you're going to solve your own problem. I'm not even going to do it. You're going to, you're going to love yourself for being so kind and having this problem in a very sort of, sounds funny, but, in, you know, um, yeah. Yes. So I, I agree with you. And so, like, the work I do is, here it is on a platter. This is what's going on within you. And, and what you do with that is what you do with that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, um, I don't hold on to any of that for someone. I can clear energy. And, and then a lot of times, uh, kind of relating back to what you were just saying, you know, we go through the ages, I can see a past life. So if you are of the belief that the spirit doesn't die. It leaves the body. And I have a story for you that even surprised me. I learned so much and I'll, I really want to share this story <laughs> with you. Yeah. But, um, and I call when, when I see a past life for someone, it's because I completely convinced that they're ready to see it and let it go. So well, what does that mean? I'll use myself as an example, and I'll, I'll make this brief. I drowned in another life. And so I had, especially as a child, I had this weird aversion to water. It was like, no, no. It took me a while to learn how to swim and, and get through that because of that life. Well, so your spirit And the past lives are like puzzle pieces to the soul. That's what I call it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of my past lives and I'm not going to go into the ones I've seen. Um, I've, I've seen them for other people. Um, But the great thing about that is part of that past life might be affecting your current life. It is affecting your current life. And there, there, there might be things that, Oh, here's a great example. This, and this is brief as well. In a, in a past life, I was a priest somewhere in um, England. And I've had my lives in different parts of the world, but this one was in England. And it was during the time where the, um, you know, the Roman Catholic invasion and they were murdering their own priests. And oh, right. the Reformation probably, yes. the priests that they murdered because, you know, the message was don't let the masses be educated. Let's keep them in fear. That gives us power, blah, blah. We all know these stories. And I was, I kind of, not kind of, I was a priest with heart. I love the children. I, I wanted to teach them. And they're like, you can't do that. And I, I walked into... <clears throat> 
this chapel one morning and I just felt it was like something's really wrong here. And I, I turned and I fled. I ran out the door because I knew that I was next on the chopping block. Mm. So this life uh, was married to a Catholic man, went into that church and I was so uncomfortable. I felt like I don't belong here. Mm. They don't want me here. All these really strange emotions came up. And the first time I went, I, I had to actually leave the church and I was outside crying and I didn't know why I didn't know why mm. it didn't make sense to me. And, and that was before I had really opened myself to all of this. So it's just an example of how we can carry things and we don't need to. So if you've been around a whole bunch of times, you know, you could be laden with things that don't serve you now. You know, it's so fascinating because I was going to say, it. you know, a lot of people come on the show and they've had in this life, they've had some trauma and it's opened them energetically to things. And, and it's almost like that you've had in a past life, you've had a, some traumas which opened you we energetically. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, um, you know, um, it's like you're connecting to this wisdom, which goes back like over lives. So it's kind of, kind of, um, you know, when you ask somebody, how long have you been doing energy work? And they say, well, I've been doing it 30 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, well, yeah, I've been doing it 200 years or, yeah, but that's like not including the, that's just the lifetimes, not in between lives. And, yeah. and some lives I was a soldier, we don't include those. It was like, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of, I, I mean, I can kind of laugh and that, you know, but, but I mean, I'm in all serious, seriousness, you know, um, it's kind of uh, a different different point of view, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of nice. it's a different point of view. Not everyone um, follows it, and that's okay. But I do want to share with your audience something that happened about six months ago. And I, I, I want to share this story because there's so much to be gleaned from this that can explain and also maybe put people at peace when they face a situation like this. So the situation was this, um, my younger brother was married to a man who had cancer for a couple of years. Uh, last summer, they both contracted COVID. They were both in the hospital. Um, they didn't go to the point of being on a ventilator, but they were both on oxygen. Hmm. Um, and the, my, my brother-in-law had uh, stage four esophageal cancer. So he only had a few years. Um, he was starting to really fall in love with some Dr. Joe Dispenza teachings, which I had introduced him to um, because you, you know, can heal yourself. And right. he was really finding a lot of peace, if nothing else, in, in following this. It was, it was quite lovely. Um, but after the, the COVID, his immune system, he, he just never fully recovered. So he passed back in April. And um, I, they had taken him to hospice. 
And the, the, I guess the beauty of hospice uh, in speaking with the head nurse, the beauty of hospice is that he, he was so riddled in pain in the hospital. Oh, you only get the morphine every four hours in hospice 24 seven, baby. If, if you're in pain, whatever you need. Yeah. It's comfort. Comfort You need. So there's some beauty in that. So he was just so filled with, with uh, morphine Mm. and, it was the day before he died. My brother does not believe in, um, he's starting to after this story, but doesn't believe so much in this work and is not a believer in God. Right. Um, and, and you don't have to be. I mean, it, it can totally, be the universe. Yeah. You can be a tree you love. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I, I always, I like the joke. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you believe in God, it's whether he believes in you. exactly i love that so there we are day before uh his death we weren't sure that it would be that next day of course but um i asked my brother and it was very tender moments of course um art do you mind if i tune in to tom is that okay with you and and he said yes i'm i'm okay with that and so I started tuning into Tom. Now, this is fascinating to me because I had never experienced the death of another human being. Um, he, his spirit was, I don't know, cut it into fractions, maybe like a quarter of his spirit was still in his body. It blew my mind. Cause I, I didn't know that was possible. And, and, and most of his spirit was kind of looking down on all of this. So his body's still alive, but his spirit had already started to leave. I did. I just didn't know. I thought it was, Oh, the body dies. And then the spirit leaves. Well, his spirit was already leaving and he was not going to regain the day before he was conscious and then, you know, he was just slowly going down this road, not slowly, it happened actually fairly quickly, but, um, but the, the day before his death, um, as I said, I was tuning into him and this was being shown to me and my brother's holding him and saying, Tom, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And Tom just starts talking to me saying, tell him I am not leaving. He was adamant. I am not leaving him. I am here. And I, I said, okay. Um, I, so I start sharing that. I, I was really feeling kind of uncomfortable, but you know, Tom was being pretty adamant with me. So I start sharing that. And then the angels showed up. I've seen the realm of them before uh, several times, but it was like, and the love was so big that my body could not take it in. The, The level of that energy vibration was so huge that this 3D body couldn't take it all in. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, what an, what an unusual scene I'm behind my brother. Thank goodness, because the tears just started streaming down my face and I couldn't contain it. And I started pacing quietly. My brother didn't know I was pacing, but I, I was like this and we're there for him. 
But of course, I'm, I'm feeling this. If you're open to receiving that, it's right there in front of you all the time. And so I, I was, even to tell this, I get goosebumps and, and my, the energy flying through my body right now is pretty intense. And so I, I kind of um, came to a close with that and shared a little more information with my brother. And then, um, but before that, one of the things that Tom said to me, he started talking about a poet. And so I'm talking to Tom and then talking to my brother. And I said to my brother, Brian, I said, is there a poet that, that Tom liked? He said, I, no, I, I don't know of any poet. Okay. And then the name John Muir came through. Um, John Muir is actually from Scotland originally, came to the United States when uh, Teddy Roosevelt was our president in this country. And um, that president was responsible for a lot of our national parks. And John Muir was a conservationist who was in California and Yosemite and other parts, a huge redwood tree person, huge conservationist. He really woke people up to what are you doing? You know, cutting down these magnificent trees, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, really made a giant footprint in the, in the, in the West, the Northwest, um, very well known. So here we are in North Carolina though, where my brother-in-law is going to pass. Mm. And he starts, he tells me John Muir. And I was like, okay, Brian, is there something about John Muir that Tom was resonating with? And, and he said, I've never heard him talk about John Muir. So what's interesting, Tom loved redwood trees and we're all from California. And he had owned two homes that were among the redwood trees. They, they call them groves. And so I thought, well, this is odd that he never spoke. We used to call him mountain man sometimes as a joke. Okay. So I, all of that comes to a close. We had food. It, there's a kitchen, a lovely lounge area for everyone um, at the other end of the building. So I said, Brian, I, I'm going to take this food and go put it in the refrigerator. And I'm still like, whoa, <laughs> trying to keep it together. I go to the kitchen and or I'm going to this giant space they have for people. And Tom starts talking to me again. He said, there's a book. I said, okay. I said, let me go put these things in the fridge. And and because I, I had to walk past this big bookcase. He said, there's a book there. There's a book there. I said, okay, let me put these things in the fridge and I'll come back to the books. So I go and I stand in front of the books, waiting for him to tell me what book. And I just stood there and I looked down on the bottom shelf and on the spine of this one book, it said the High Sierra. And I started getting chills. So I picked this book up and I just open it to, oh, it makes me cry, to chapter about John Muir. And Tom says to me, now Brian will believe you. And I take this book back to, the, again, we are in North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you've got a, you've got a totally Rick. disbelieving brother and you're coming up and saying, yeah, he just told me this, yeah. Here's, yeah, um, here's, here's John Muir, remember? I was asking you about it and I just went to this book and opened it and here we go. And he's so out of it. Well, 
I Googled. I was like, okay, he said poet. I look up John Muir quotes. And the first quote that came up was, the mountains are calling and I must go. Hmm. So I left. My brother wanted to be there all night with Tom. I left that night. And I get a call next morning that we're close. You know, the nurses know and the body starts hmm. doing things. So. I went and um, I started doing all these things that I've never done in my life. I was just pulled to do like this cross over his chest, do this, do that, all these things, all these sort of rituals, if you will, back door. And then the angels came and the nurse at this point had her stethoscope on his heart. And I, I just had to say it. I, I said, uh, Tom, the angels are here. And I was leaning over the nurses behind the nurse. And a few seconds later, she looked at me and she said, when you said that, that was his last heartbeat. So I share that because. Such a personal, I mean, I thank you. It's such a personal, incredibly deep and incredibly powerful story. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit speechless because I feel like I've been invited into really a, the holy of holies of, of a moment in your life. Um, it's, really. It was uh, certainly very personal, but mm. I really want the word to go out because no, no, no. I hope people who have to experience this for the loss of a loved one that's going, that boy, that spirit is, whew. And, and Tom came to me several times after that, which I shared with my brother, really powerful stuff. So just, again, the spirit does not die. It just doesn't. That's beautiful. Lauren, I wish we, we I want to do a, another chat with you because clearly you've got some lovely stories and I think that takes the biscuit um, for the stories so far. Um, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'll leave all the, I'll, I'll put all the details of how people can connect with you uh, in the description of the podcast and the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking more with you. Thank you so much, Richard. Many blessings. <laughs>